Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad that watching a monkey eat a banana while singing opera is more entertaining. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here in my home in Huntersville, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. And uh, won't you be my Valentine? Oh, too soon. Uh, well, a couple days. Anyway, um, on tonight's show, Ian Pipe Parts going to answer a listener question about bamboo. And uh, talking about bamboo, we'll talk about that a little bit with my guest, who is Mikhail Kiriazanos from Greece, uh, obviously uh, recorded over the internet with Skype, uh, which I'm loving more and more nowadays. Uh, but we sat down with Mikhail, and you'll get to hear that. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up in this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, yes, Valentine's Day is upon us, so if you love your pipe, buy your pipe something nice. You know, maybe uh, maybe a rose-flavored blend. Yeah, <laughs> there was one of those. Uh, anyway, all that coming up in uh, tonight's show. And uh, listen, I made it back from, uh, from Disney World. Spent a whole week down there, had a lot of fun. And I thought I, thought I was going to make it the whole week without somebody commenting on me being a pipe smoker until the morning of the last day when we were checking out of our hotel at Disney World and sure enough a couple from England sitting in the smoking area while I was there puffing my pipe and said and the lady said wow I haven't seen a pipe smoker since my grandfather and there we had it I got the uh, grandfather reference to pipe smoking and other than that uh, Five days in the parks and uh, no other comments about pipe smoking, so it's kind of strange. Um, I did post a couple pictures on my Facebook page of a couple of my favorite smoking spots from the trip, so if you want to go check that out, you can friend request me or follow me on Facebook and you'll see that. I am also leaving on uh, Thursday on Valentine's night, and we'll be heading out onto the Caribbean Ocean on a cruise and I will post pictures from the cruise as possible. Uh, so keep an eye on my Facebook page for that. Maybe I'll even start doing it on Instagram, too. I don't know. That's all new. So anyway, I might might try to figure that out. All right, everybody, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And speaking of Missouri, this weekend coming up uh, this weekend is the St. Louis Pipe Show, where you will see uh, 
not only the fine folks from Missouri Mearsham, but you'll also see uh, Mike McNeil of McClellan. So uh, please give him a big hug and kiss for me. And uh, while you're at it, um, ask him ask him what he thought about meeting Minnie Mouse. That'll be fun for you. I unfortunately will not be there, but I'm looking forward to seeing pictures and hope everybody has a good time. I will be in the warm waters of the Caribbean. All right, so for uh, for pipe parts, uh, as I've asked for you for you all to send in any suggestions, requests to Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Jonathan G did just that, and uh, he says. Uh, Longtime listener to the podcast, five plus years, although lately I've fallen a bit behind. I've got about 10 episodes to catch up on. Thank you for the weekly entertainment and insights. I've learned so much from you and your guests about all aspects of our hobby. I've been enjoying the series with Mike and Mary and the wonderful history and passion they have in the industry. Also, I hope you enjoy your upcoming cruise. I've gotten just shy of 100 nights under my belt in the past eight years and just love being at sea away from, away from landlocked Colorado. Then, he, then here's his question. Uh, I don't think you've covered this, although, but I may have missed it at some point. My own limited research hasn't come up with much information, but any history on what carvers are influences for the use of bamboo shanks and pipes, the knuckles of the bamboo, and or any pipe cleaning tech tips or special maintenance for them. So uh, first of all, Jonathan, thanks for the kind words. And uh, wow, a hundred nights at sea. That's um, good. That <laughs> I'm jealous. Anyway, so let, let's address a little bit. I'm pretty sure I did talk about bamboo way early on, um, but let's address a little bit of it. So originally, bamboo was thought of as a, uh, a way to kind of create a filter or a moisture catch. So the bamboo was put on as a, a, as a natural shank. Uh, it was added you know, as the shank and left natural on the inside. So the, so the unfinished or, or the, the natural part of the bamboo on the inside would suck up all the moisture. Um, now, that would turn the bamboo black over time and you know, didn't really, didn't really function real well as a filter or moisture catch. Wasn't the, uh, you know, wasn't the best way to do it. Uh, but what a lot of pipe manufacturers found and the, to the best of my recollection, you got to go back to the 1920s, 1930s, where you start to see bamboo and it starts coming from the English pipe factories. Uh, but what they found was that bamboo was a decorative way of using a bowl that was, you know, that just didn't have enough wood. So it was a way to use a, you know, use a piece of a block of briar that would have normally been maybe tossed aside because it didn't have enough shank to look proportionally correct, or maybe even enough shank to even really make the, uh, to make the pipe work because when you make that with that shank, you need enough room for the tenon and mortise to, uh, you know, for the tenon mortise connection. And you want to, you know, you want to keep the, you want to keep the stem and everything away from the person. So bamboo being dramatically cheaper than ebonite or vulcanite or acrylic, it was a way to extend the pipe and make the pipe longer you know, more, a little more functional and to save those blocks of briar. Uh, nowadays 
there's two different rules or two different discussions on how to treat bamboo when using it in a pipe. Uh, one of it, it, one of them is, you know, I don't know of anybody that leaves the bamboo, the inside bamboo unfinished. Uh, everybody that I know of does some sort of sanding to it, does some sort of treatment inside of it to allow that to, so that the, so that the moisture doesn't build up in there. And so it doesn't blacken real quick. Uh, the other treatment is to stainless steel or uh, use other impermeable materials to line the bamboo completely. Uh, a couple of my pipes that I have from, uh, from Sato, the Japanese pipe maker, he uses bamboo, uh, he uses a lot of bamboo and then he pins and uses stainless steel on both ends. So it's almost completely lined or maybe, you know, part way. Uh, but that's really just to keep it attached. Uh, does it affect the smoke? I think it does when you stainless steel line the uh, line the bamboo. I think it changes the way the pipe would, would smoke normally, but just changes it slightly. I think it makes it a whole lot easier to maintain when that's done. Uh, I think the, uh, and then going back to Jonathan's comment about the knuckles, uh, the knuckles on the bamboo just mean that, you know, the closer the knuckles are, the more durable that piece is going to be. Uh, the more the, the, the knuckles make it look more ornate on the outside. You know, everybody looks at a real, uh, at a, at a bamboo pipe and looks at how close those knuckles are together. Well, that's a more rare piece than one where the knuckles are spaced. Uh, but again, that, that just becomes personal preference and that becomes an appearance kind of thing. Uh, I think when, uh, when I think of my bamboo pipes versus my regular pipes, I think of a pipe that might be a little bit more delicate. Uh, and, and it just may be my perception of it. And remember, I'm the leading expert on my own opinion. So here it goes. Uh, you have, when you look at a bamboo shanked pipe, you have a junction between the bamboo and the bowl, and then you have a junction between the bamboo and the stem. That's another junction in there. So when I travel or when I'm, you know, when I'm going to be a little rougher on some of my pipes, I tend not to bring the bamboos, um, except for one or two because I like them, but I just think that that one extra joint in there makes it you know, just a little bit more delicate. Uh, coming up in the interview with uh, Mikhail, you'll hear a little bit about that too. So uh, stay tuned for that. Jonathan, I hope that answered your question. Um, I, I have bamboo pipes. I like them. I like them when they're done when they're done in a way that I like the appearance of them. Uh, doesn't make me go crazy and only want bamboo pipes. No. But uh, originally, they started out as a way to filter a pipe and <laughs> ended up being a way to really save a block of briar and make it more functional and then have been converted more into uh, works of art as we've gone along with them. So there you go. Comments or questions, again, you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page or email me directly, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, Mikhail Kiriazanos. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste 
it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I am excited to go all the way back across the Atlantic to Greece, the cradle of civilization or modern civilization, uh, the birth of poetry, philosophy, drama, and uh, and quite a handful of pipe makers there. But please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And if I if I screw up your name, please <laughs> tell me. Uh, Mikhail Kiryazanos. Uh, almost there. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead and say it for everybody. Okay, it's uh, Mikhail Kiryazanos. Now, is that is that part Greek and part something else, or is that traditional Greek? Okay, uh, Mikhail is uh, a pretty orthodox uh, name. Uh, it's Michael, and uh, Kiryazanos is uh, part Italian. Uh, comes from it has two parts uh, a Greek and an Italian one <laughs> so it's just how the it, it's very simple how the Roman how the Romans stole all the Greek gods you have a uh, uh, maybe your name was stolen by the Italians um, not that possibly <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's coming from the Venetian occupier of the Aegean Sea during uh, the Middle Ages so, what do your friends call you? Um, Michael, Mikhail, Michalis in Greek. Uh, so, so you have to you have to answer to multiple names. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, were you were you born you were born and raised in Greece? Uh, yes, in an island uh, called Paros. It's uh, an Aegean island, and uh, for me, it was really nice growing up in uh, this this environment so you grew up in on an island that many americans want to go and travel and go see the the famous greek isles in the in the aegean with the clear blue water and the white sands and all the cute yeah. little houses on the hills yeah pretty typical <laughs> That must have been miserable. All the <laughs> living there. Now, do you still live there, or do you, or did you move to Athens? No, I moved to Athens only for uh, my studies as a, an electrical uh, engineering. Uh, but uh, I decided uh, on 2013 to come back to Paris and uh, live here. Uh, a, a little bit quieter lifestyle and maybe a little a little less expensive. Well, it's uh, for sure quieter, but uh, not no. no uh, it it's actually more expensive than Athens. Ah. Uh, yeah, uh, because of the high demand of the houses, uh, we are four hours away from Athens with uh, with vessel, so everything it's uh, cost more. And I'm, and it has to be shipped in, and I yeah, guess. exactly. But you pay the price to look at that beautiful ocean, and of course, and uh, 
it's worth it. Uh, I prefer being on the countryside instead of a big town. So when did you start smoking a pipe? I started when I was uh, 19 to 20 years old. And uh, I was never a regular cigarette smoker or something, but I I always like to enjoy a cigar here and uh, then, let's say, like twice per month or something. And I was uh, sitting in a cafeteria and uh, I saw a young guy, like 30 year old, that uh, he smoked a pipe. And I thought that, okay, that's, it seems cool. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> and where, in, in Greece, is the, we all see the picture of the Greek fisherman on his boat with a pipe, but I guess pipe smoking is like, in Greece is like anywhere else in the world where it's gotten very uh, specialized and, and you might have had one shop in town to go to? Yeah, exactly. And actually, it's worse than that, that most of the world. Uh, first of all, it was the, let's say, mentality of uh, Greek pipe smokers um, because all of them were at some point really heavy cigarette smokers. So they treated the pipe like a, let's say, a wooden, a wooden cigarette. Ah. Uh, they, they didn't uh, pay that paid that much attention of uh, getting to know how to smoke a pipe and uh, being part of a, a community or searching for a better or an alternative, let's say, tobacco. Um, so that led to the market, the Greek market of uh, pipe smoking. Uh, with only limited opinions, mostly aromatics and uh, very limited uh, collection of pipes. More, uh, yeah, more of a basic pipe smoking need, and you just have yeah. a basic pipe and very few simple tobaccos to try, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. When I got into the hobby, I think that there were like uh, seven to eight uh, tobaccos only available in Greece. Wow. <laughs> and to think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Oriental tobaccos or Greek tobaccos that we, that, that we all enjoy are grown just to the North of you. Yeah. And we, we had uh, none of them available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we would never call them Turkish tobaccos. They're Greek or Oriental. <laughs> no, they can be Turkish. So. Okay. The, 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 but the, uh, the Greeks and the Turks in the past have not always been happy with each other. Uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> like almost every, uh, uh, every, every country that it's next to you and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, so when you wanted to start smoking a pipe, did you go on the internet and start to learn, or did you just go find an, an old-timer and start asking them? Um, it was a mix of both, I think. Um, I checked on the internet, having uh, some opinions of what's, let's, let's say, it's a good value for money in uh, the Greek market. And I can remember my first pipe was um, Stanwell, uh, 185 shape uh, in the brand of Finnish. 
and uh, my first tobacco was uh, Larsen, uh, an aromatic Larsen. So you started off with a good pipe and at least a, a decent quality aromatic, and then did you learn how to pack it yourself, or did somebody, did the internet show you? Well, there is a Greek forum uh, on uh, pipe smoking, and I got into it, uh, I searched for the some tips for beginners, and that's how I mostly made it. <laughs> <laughs> so very similar to here. Uh, and then at that point, when, when do you decide, you know, maybe I want to learn how to make pipes because you're, you know, for, for school, you're, uh, you're, you want to be an electrical engineer, which is completely different than yeah. working with wood. Yeah. But, um, my, my, I do have a background, let's say in uh, making things and being, good in working with my hands. Um, I always used to uh, admire uh, good design and uh, I'm, I'm happy and uh, lucky uh, both on where I'm coming from because uh, Paros has the most uh, spectacular piece of marble in all of the world, all over the world, and uh, the biggest uh, sculptures of the ancient era were from Paros. Wow. So, um, so for me, uh, growing up in an environment that had uh, set the standards of the ancient and classic era aesthetics. Uh, it was really important for me to understand shaping and to understand, let's say, the norms, the archetype of sculptures. And uh, I think that helped a lot on developing my, my own taste and aesthetics on those things. Cause it, uh, if I understand correctly, uh, where you grew up is where a lot of the ancient sculptures are from and there's been a culture there for thousands of years of sculpture design and shaping. Yeah, actually, my workshop and house is right next to a creek. And just on the opposite side of the creek, it's uh, an ancient sculptures workshop that I grew up and visiting and admiring. I, I grew up in California where something ancient was a hundred years old. You grew up <laughs> where something ancient was 3000 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm still trying to still trying to understand that, but uh, we will take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more discussions on uh, on grease and pipes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. 
Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Mikhail from, uh, from the lovely Aegean Sea on a Greek island. And as we're recording this, I'm just imagining, you know, sitting in the blue waters, although it's wintertime. So I guess the waters are pretty cold now and maybe you don't want to go swimming at, in, in the ocean now. For sure, not swimming. Not for me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but during the summertime, all those tourists coming and visiting and, oh, okay. So you... So when you you wanted to learn how to make a pipe, you have all this wonderful history and culture around you of design and and shaping and sculpting. Um, did you work with somebody to learn how to make a pipe, or did again did you start with the internet first? Well, first of all, the idea of making a pipe was because I started after I bought like five or six pipes or something. I started to appreciate the design and shaping on the pipes mm -hmm. and um, I was interested in uh, good design pipes, artisanal pipes that uh, were made like, you know, at the time Paolo Baker was and, and still is one of my favorite ones. So I couldn't afford, of course, to buy a Paolo Baker pipe. I was like in the... 80 to 120 dollars uh, range uh, and I was 20 years old and studying yeah. <laughs> so yeah for me it was impossible yeah. but um, at the same time uh, browsing the forum the Greek uh, forum on pipes I, I saw some work uh, done by amateurs amateur pipe makers and they were pretty good. Um, they had not that much um, tools to make pipes, and the result was very nice. So I thought to myself, if they can do it, I can do it too, and start making uh, some pipes for me. And from there, you started off with buying briar and figuring out what looks good? Yeah, I, I bought some briar and I started to make pipes just by checking on uh, pipe makers forums uh, back then in the, the US forum and uh, seen some, uh, seeing some videos on YouTube by other pipe makers and try to understand how they drilled, how they use the shaping wheel uh, and all that stuff. So it was more like a trailer or narrow yep. uh, process. And and learn as you go. Um, do you prefer the classic shapes, or do you like all, or do you prefer to do the the hand sculpted? Um, I I think that I like the classic shapes more uh, because for me, 
and the way I think about bike making, uh, there were uh, there are more to explore there. Uh, in terms of, you know, you can you can make let's say a, a blowfish or um, a really nice prefund pipe that has. Uh, it's not that accurate, but it has. Say no, no specific rules of how it should look from someone else and explore the shape. But um, when it comes to classic um, shapes, when most, if not all, pipe, uh, pipe smokers and pipe makers know how a really good classic uh, pipe it should look like, yeah, uh, it's for me very exciting to be able to have little, little tweaks and um, have a result in the end that it's still balanced, but um, there is a challenge of make it mine. Uh, yeah. Even though it's classic, that it can look um, like my, my shape. Do you, you, you proudly only use uh, Greek briar. Have you tried briar from Italy or other places as well? Yeah, Italy, uh, Spain, Algeria, um, I think some out of France also. Uh, but uh, in the end, I, I think that I prefer Greek briar for many reasons. Does it, it's, uh, besides the taste, it's the appearance of the wood as well as the ability to work with it? Or or can you also just go climb up into the mountains at home and go get your own briar? Uh, <laughs> I wish, but uh, no, there is no briar when I live. And uh, <laughs> the process of making it in a, a workable block is too much for me. <laughs> um, yeah, but... We have Mikey's Minetos for this. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer working with Mikey's Briar. It's not only the taste, which, uh, in my opinion, it has gone better with his later work on uh, his factory yep. and, and the update, but um, upgrading the factory. And uh, and we all dearly love Marcus and and his father and I and I call Marcus the head of the Greek mafia, but that's only because I love him. Yeah, and, he, he's the like, the head of the Greek mafia. So <laughs> the the Greek pipe mafia. Yeah. Uh, when you get a when you get a pipe, do you shape it first and then drill, or do you drill the bowl and and the air hole and then shape afterwards? I work both ways, uh, depending on shape and uh, depending on uh, what I do have in mind for a specific block. So it just depends on what you're on what you're going for. Um, we've recently we've had some discussions on the Pipes Magazine radio show about bamboo. Do you do you like working with bamboo? It's interesting. Uh, it uh, I, I love working with bamboo. It opens a lot of potential, potential in shaping, and um, it's nice to rework how the balance of the pipe will be after adding a very. It's a it's a very nice material, but it's a very 
uh, intense, let's say, material aesthetically. Yeah. yeah. So it has to be balanced. And uh, in order to achieve that, it's another challenge for the pipe maker. So if it's a challenge, I'll accept it and I like it. <laughs> Now you you have a full time job, so pipe making is a second job for you. No, pipe making it's my full time job. Oh, so you are full time now. So we need to we need to really support you. Uh, how many how many pipes a year will you make? Yeah, it depends, but it's uh, between eighty and a hundred. And do most of them end up in the United States, or do you have uh, do you have another? Is there other parts of the world that your uh, that your pipes are more more sold in? Uh, no, most of them are uh, going to U.S. Um, but I I still uh, have some customers and uh, shops in uh, Sweden, China, Japan. So you are a uh, you're an international Greek pipe maker. Every pipe maker, I think it, it's <laughs> international, yeah. yeah. Um, for the U.S., when did you first come over here with your pipes? Um, my first show was 2015 Chicago. And um, it's funny because uh, three years earlier, in 2012, I got five of my pipes bought by... Um, uh, Kevin Brackett yep. uh, here in, uh, in in Athens, and uh, he got the he got them with him for the Chicago pipe show. <laughs> but yeah, I, it took me another three years to visit US. What did you think of a of a US pipe show? I absolutely love it, and it's uh, it's very unique. I I attend both Chicago and uh, Las Vegas, the West Coast pipe show, and I come in U.S. twice per year for these shows, and I always have really great fun. Yeah, because you know, for me, there is not uh, there is not a chance here in Greece to blend into a pipe community and uh, discuss about um, so many tobacco pipes, uh, meeting new people out of the hobby. And uh, yeah, my, my trips always are great. They're always great. I always meet new people. I have made a few friendships that I will have for sure for the rest of my life and uh, meeting new people. So it's not only it's not about pipes. It's yeah. uh, it's about people mostly. I think the shows um, we can all discuss or uh, sell or buy a pipe through the internet with no problem sending the dimensions and uh, some pictures. While we don't have the opportunity to enjoy a beer and a good smoke and discuss about things. And, and, and for me, that's the most important. And with the Greeks, the conversation is going to always end with a hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I can remember when I introduced my wife to uh, to you and uh, and and Chris and Marcus and and then I told my wife later where everybody lived, and and my wife said, "Why would anybody leave there?" 
so, so she she was uh, she's still trying to figure out why anybody would go to Las Vegas when they live on a Greek island. Um, but for you, is it easy to get to the U.S.? I mean, do you have an airport near where you live, or do you have to take a ferry to Athens or the mainland? Yeah, I do. We do have an airport here in Paros, but it only works on daytime. So, if my flight, um, it's not. It, it, if my flight, it's not convenient to use the airport during the morning and go to Athens, which is like a thirty-minute flight, yeah. um, and then be able to take. Um, the big flight with connections to US. I I use the vessel from the past day, and yeah, it was one time that it took me almost uh, forty hours to get from my home to Las Vegas. Wow! I feel oh boy, yeah that that would that would wear you out. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you're not making pipes, what else do you like to do? What what do you what do you enjoy? Well, smoking a pipe, of course. Well, there <laughs> and, you. Uh, yeah, I'm listening to a lot of music. I'm a big fan, and generally, I like spending time with uh, friends and have some other projects, making things for my house. Uh, maintenance and repair on uh, a wooden boat that my father owns. Uh. And yeah, mostly, mostly these. Yeah. Can you smoke a pipe at like, like a, a little cafe? Can you smoke your pipe sitting outside or, uh, or do they not let you sit at the table and smoke? Okay. So yeah, in Greece, it's almost 10 years that there's a law that prohibits smoking on uh, closed uh, public spaces. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's no enforcement of this law so far. <laughs> but, yeah, if, if I, I, I don't like to, yeah, I don't like to annoy uh, other people that they're not smoking in a closed space. So if I go to a cafeteria that I'm like me and another table like 10 meters away, I will smoke. Yeah. Uh, if I see a little kid on the same area, I won't smoke. I will go outside where it's legal uh, and I will have no problem. So for me, it's always a matter of respecting who's next to you besides yeah but the and the food has got to be wonderful too um i must be hungry now because i'm thinking about all the greek food too yeah <laughs> uh, and the and and the ouzo um you know for after dinner but uh yeah, don't, don't get too much ouzo. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> let's, let's go back to pipe making for a minute so do you can people reach out to you with a commission or with an idea and talk to you directly about buying a pipe? Of course, and it's one of the most exciting parts in pipe making. Uh, the process of getting 
someone's idea in, uh, and discuss it and make it in reality. It's, uh, it's very fun to me. And uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And your, and your pipes are not for the, you know, for the handmade craft crafts pipes or artisan pipes, your pipes are not priced um, crazy. I want to say, because I'm looking on smokingpipes.com where you have some pipes for sale, and the and the most expensive one is maybe six hundred dollars, with plenty down below. So you you're you're trying to keep your pipes priced so that everybody can buy them. Uh, yeah, my my range, my price range, it's from four to four fifty up to six fifty at most. Uh, okay, in some cases, very, very special cases, like once or twice per year, there are some more expensive pieces, but the price range is there. And I, I, I always want to uh, have accessible pipes. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail, we will uh, wrap this up with the fast five final questions. There's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite pipe? Um, okay, it's a, it's a billiard, uh, a sunblasted black billiard with uh, oval sunk. Ooh. And what is your favorite tobacco? Mm, I mostly uh, smoke Virginia blends, so... Um, I will pick something that it's, uh, yeah, I will say that of fling medallions, which has the cavities to make things more interesting. Yeah. And uh, this is a different question, but when you, when you come over to the United States or when you travel, is that when you do a lot of your tobacco shopping? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's actually my only tobacco shopping. <laughs> and now for a Greek man, what is your favorite drink? Mm, I will say uh, red wine. That's maybe that's the Italian in you coming out. <laughs> no, we. Yeah, uh, for me, a good red wine is uh, unmatchable. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the process that uh, it's involved to be a nice, unique, uh, flavored um, uh, drink is uh, very important and i i really like it and appreciate this i'm gonna have to do some studying but i think there may be a connection between pipe smokers that like virginia tobaccos and pipe smokers and pipe smokers that like red wine because i think they're very similar in style where it's you know it's a unique taste each one and very special that way um When it is time for you to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, I'll say music for sure. (laughs) And the final question is, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we did not talk about? Uh, Let's see. I do have a few, but... uh... Yeah, I, I think that I do have a favorite one. Um, uh, when I was 
23 years old. Um, I was really stressed uh, at some periods and um, I, I spent um, almost a month back here in my hometown, living Athens. And um, yeah, I had some hiking sat for uh, an hour to complete a ball and uh, it was November very you know moody weather uh, a bit cold so every every flavor was more intense and uh, I really enjoyed the moment uh, with the total quiet of the island and uh, yeah, it was really good. And all the troubles of Athens washed away. Yeah, exactly. Um, how can we get a hold of, how can we reach you to uh, buy your pipes or commission your pipes? Okay. Um, mostly through Facebook and Instagram. Uh, both my accounts are my full name. Mikhail Kriyazanos. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. But <laughs> and um, I do have plenty of retailers in uh, US. It's smokingpipes.com, uh, smokershaven.com, and uh, Blue Rooms Briar. So there, there's plenty of places. And if you want to find him on Facebook or Instagram, Mikhail Kiriaznas is spelled M-I-C-H-A-I-L-K-Y-R-I-A-Z-A or Z-A-N-O-S for all the... Uh, see, I put the international Z in there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> or in the Greek alphabet. Um, and then before we go, I would just like for you in Greek to uh, maybe greet the greet the listeners in Greek, or maybe greet the Greece the Grecian listeners, or mm -hmm. or maybe say something funny about Marcus in Greek. <laughs> no, I won't say uh, say anything uh, funny about Marcus because he knows where I'm living. He's applied to me, Brian. So yeah, I won't do that. Um, I will say just enjoy always tasteful and uh, sweet smokes. Nachete pada bol poliglika nostima ke natapolamvarante. Mikhail, thank you very much for joining us. I know it's been a, it's been a bit of a trouble for us to connect, and I really appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you in Chicago and in Las Vegas. Thank you, Brian. I had really great time. I won't see you uh, this year in Chicago because my newborns will be less than a month. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. This time I will miss it for an, a good reason. Yes. Yep. So we will yeah. we will miss you there, but I'll see you in Las Vegas the end of this year. Sure. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell & Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. 
So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, so my wife's birthday's coming up. Would it be wrong of me to buy myself a pipe for her birthday? Because there's uh, one of uh, Mikhail's pipes in particular on smoking pipes right now has really got me drooling. Uh, anyway, I'll just resist it for a while. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Reeves for next week. Uh, next week, International Pipe Smoking Day is on the 20th. The show will come out before that, obviously. And uh, Jeremy Reeves will be my guest for a, f a fun-filled uh, tobacco discussion that's already been recorded, and we had a good time. So you got that to look forward to. Uh, for music this week, for music this week, Clarence Gatemouth Brown on Spotify. There's a brand new release of a... Uh, of, of a live, a remastered release of a live recording of his from Austin, Texas. And uh, this one I just happened to pick out just because uh, Mardi Gras coming up and uh, Gatemouth was born in Louisiana, and that's the name of this song. Thank you, Humanoid. And thank you, Mr. Floyd. Thank you, Humanoid, for leaving your container on your planet you call house. And you come out and listen to some planetary music. You heard some earlier? But right now, let's go. I'm going to tell you where I was born, and I'm going to tell you really where my home is in this state, Texas. Born in Louisiana. <laughs>
mother came from Louisiana, my father I don't know from where. And if you would ever ask me, I would say that I don't care, cause I was born in Louisiana. Clarence Gatemouth Brown was always, always photographed with a pipe in his mouth and oftentimes performed with a pipe in his mouth and oftentimes would not perform where he couldn't smoke. And uh, talking about music, well, uh, our own uh, little Pipes Magazine radio show Grammy Awards. Uh, the winner on the show was Dom Flemons. The winner of the real Grammy was uh, Chris Thiele, so congratulations. And I and I think maybe it was because I I might have picked out a song that I liked, but uh, but a few others didn't, and and the album's a little different. But uh, congratulations to uh, Chris on that. Transmission begins from Money Penny. In the mailbag, and if you want to, uh, if you have a comment or question, you can email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com, or you can do like these fine folks did and go to pipesmagazine.com and go to the Pipes Magazine radio show page for this episode and comment there. Uh, just like Casey Ghost. A uh, real good show, as always. I really enjoyed Mike and Mary. Their takes on when they knew they would make it was most informative. Mary was much more cautious than Mike on that one. Uh, Mike's usually the one on the lookout for the big meteor, but this time it was her. Love the cigarette story Mike was talking about. As you know, for two years, I brought some 60-plus-year-old smokes that came in a tin to the KC Pipe Show and opened them. Uh, the guys were were the guys who were decidedly pipe guys wouldn't have much to do with them, but the cigarette people went nuts. They came sixty to a ten, so there wasn't much chance of running out. Uh, no, and those good old cigarettes, boy. Uh, Ira, the writing rabbi, says, "Great show, Brian, Mike, and Mary are incomparable guests. I could listen to them all day. Also enjoyed the old radio commercials. Those were the days." Uh, the music was a bit sectarian for my taste, but it is always nice to witness the faith, the faith of others. As for the rant, I'm afraid Philip Morris has been lying to the public for over half a century. Anyway, always a great listen. Thanks for your work, Ira. Uh, and let me go back to the rant because I was corrected. The ads that ran from Philip Morris were from five different executives, all spewing the same garbage, but from five different executives who are apparently trying to save the children. Um, anyway, uh, crash the gray rights. Great show. The ask the, the ask a pipe maker segment got me intrigued. So I asked Bill of K Woody if he remembered how they used to make the Meerschaum lined pipes 50 years ago when they produced them, they in fact used plugs as Jeff guest. The plugs were made from Massa, essentially a reconstituted Meerschaum, but not necessarily pressed mirror, uh, more likely poured into molds. The remaining, uh, more and more likely pulled, poured into molds. The remaining stock were sold to Steve Norse and can be seen or even purchased at Vermont Freehand. This is not to say that every pipe company did them the same way, but at least we know for certain that K. Woody did. Uh, the final segment of the interviews with Mike and Mary were a bit bittersweet. 
it may have gotten a little dusty in the room when they were discussing their final thoughts, favorite things in the community as a whole. I do hope to run into them someday. Uh, and then he put down a link on uh, on here for the Vermont Freehand uh, bowl sleeves, so you can go online and order your own if you want. Uh, but I, thanks for uh, doing that research and finding that and reaching out to Bill. And that is actually the final, <laughs> that's the final bit of stuff I have with Mike and Mary. That's it. No more. Done. Finish. Can't handle it anymore. Uh, unless they want to start telling us the secrets behind their ketchup or barbecue sauce flavorings. <laughs> anyway, uh, a quick reminder: if you have any uh, if you have any items for the JDRF auction, I will begin collecting those in March. So, if you have anything that you would like to donate, uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud, will be selling it through his store and through uh, through his website and through eBay. Again, and uh, not charging us anything. So, contrary to what people think, Steve's a great guy. Um, just kidding, Steve. Sorry. Anyway, if you have anything, reach out to me. If you are a uh, pipe maker and want to donate a pipe, that would be great. If you're uh, whatever you got, we'll take it. We can greatly, uh, we greatly appreciate that. All right. In just a moment, rant time. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. Put your devices down. Yeah, you know, your little portable smart devices, put them down. Put them down. Not while you're listening to this show, but, you know, obviously, put them down. The last week at Disney World and this upcoming trip on this uh, on the cruise ship, both Disney and the cruise ship now have apps that you're supposed to use to help your day and help monitor your stuff and, you know, handle lines and stuff like that. But I found myself, you know, getting stuck checking email and checking Facebook and doing other stuff. And I, after doing that, and I said, you know what, this is stupid. I got to do what I'm going to do on these apps to make our trip more beneficial. But then after that, put the things down. All the lines, standing in all the lines this week, this past week, I was watching people. The minute they would get into a line or, you know, the minute they'd walk up to the line, all their little smart devices would come out and they'd all start doing stuff on their smart devices and da 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 and then you know you'd see them shuffle along because they could see when feet were moving but they weren't looking around they weren't looking at other people they weren't talking to people put your devices down put your devices down and enjoy the area that you're in if you if you have to use it fine i understand that but put the device down and then on top of that i was watching a bunch of them looking for places to charge their devices in the middle of the day because apparently they can't go on without them fully charged or they've used up their battery goofing around on stuff 
I was in the parks for two full days without charging my phone at all using it and using the app. So what are these people doing? They're spending all their free time. spending. Well, first they're spending all this money to go to a place, go on vacation, and then they spend all their time on this little app or on this little smart device. So just people put your devices down, put them down, enjoy the area you're in and around, and uh, you know what? If you're smoking a pipe, it's really hard to hold a device up anyway. So maybe everybody ought to pick up a pipe and do that instead. All right. Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. I got a handful of folks going out on cruises this uh, this spring here. So I'm excited to hear what they say when they come back. And if you need any help with anything, just email me. Anyway. I want to thank Mikhail for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy At least listening to the show is not as painful as getting yourself caught in your zipper. <laughs>